What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It has been a hot minute, and I mean hot because it is fuming downstairs in my basement currently. So normally, um, whether it be winter, summer, spring, or fall, just like our good old James Taylor like to say, uh, like to say one time, uh, long once ago. Surprisingly, I am able to use the heat in my house because my parents are allowing it. Uh, downstairs in the basement, this is kind of my doge. This is the squid Levine area. And thankfully, my parents do not come down here unless it is absolutely necessary. Tomorrow, we are surprisingly recording, uh, not recording, we are surprisingly doing a family stream. So this is going to be the first time that we do that, the three of us together. Maybe we'll get Chloe involved too, because of course she likes to be the center of attention. But yeah, my parents don't really come down here other than to, um, I don't know, my dad sleeps. He's, he's like a Snorlax on weekends with my, with my dog, Chloe. But other than that, what's going on, everybody? I am your host, Squid Levine. And we are not live. I love how I always have to preface that because I've been used to saying we are live on twitch.tv forward slash squid underscore Levine for probably close to over a year now. But regardless, we are live on episode three of the once great and always will be great podcast known as Quarantine with Squid Levine. And I'm not going to fucking lie to you guys. I didn't expect to still be in quarantine while we were recording this episode. So we're kind of fucked. Shout out to Gina Raimondo, a.k.a. the Wicked Witch of the West, a.k.a. Bitch with the Biggest Nose in Rhode Island. Now, for the first time officially, we will have a guest on this week's episode of Quarantine with Squid the Bean. Now, the person I'm going to be bringing on is quite possibly and quite literally will be the best man at my wedding. I have known him for over 10 years. Uh, and other than that, I mean, literally the sky's the limit. If I want to talk about this, if we even want to get into the episode, I'm just going to need to cut this intro start and bring this kid on. So without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to my best friend, my brother for another mother, Mitchell Kiernan. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. The That's applause cool. and everything. Happy Dude, holidays, everyone. I have this whole intro written for you, but then I was like, I, I mean, if, if we have a limited zoom time because they're a bunch of. Uh, you know, you know, they're, they're going to make you pay for extra time. I, I figured I just cut the intro short. So what's up, dude? Nothing much, man. Quarantining, working, school. I feel that. Yeah, I feel that one. All That's the above. I feel I feel as if that uh, when it comes to life right now, I feel that my life has become somewhat of a um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's very habitual. I yeah. feel like everyone will know what I'm able, like where I'm at and what I'm doing at all hours of the day. I wake up, I work out, and then I go to work, and then I come back, I eat, and then I work again. So it, it's like this this shit just never ends. It's basically um, what everyone's supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be on a strict schedule. The only time you're supposed to go out is when you're working and getting food. That's about it. So exactly. it makes sense. So the way we're going to restructure the podcast, guys, is I've been uh, as as well as this and every other uh, piece of content that we have with whether it's Twitch, whether it's YouTube, whether it's Instagram and the Calamari reviews, whether it's anything, any, any piece of content that I release, we really went in depth and we looked at, um, uh, we picked, a, uh, picked apart the episodes. We really decided what was good, what worked, what didn't work. And we decided that we were going to restructure the podcast as well as the rest of the content that we put out. So 
I really hope you guys like the new format. I really hope you guys appreciate it. Um, we're going to limit some things that we talk about. I'm not going to limit some things that we talk about. So yeah. All right. So let's get right into it. So the first segment that we have here today is called what's going on in the fish tank. So the first thing I want to talk to you about, Mitch, is coronavirus. So obviously, that's the biggest uh, topic besides Trump versus Biden in the world right now. And thankfully, that fucking nightmare has passed us. So the biggest thing going on in the world right now is coronavirus. So let me ask you this. My first question for you, brother, is how has coronavirus affected you not only as an individual person in the United States of America, but also how has it affected you as a senior in college, may I add? Okay, well, just just because I just finished a semester in college, let me answer that first. Um, very quickly, I would just say it's it's kind of daunting. It's, it's a challenge because you go from all in-person classes to all online. So basically, you get all your assignments all at once, and you're just banging them out, banging them out. It's not you're not really learning anything to be honest. You're kind of just submitting assignments at that point because you have to teach yourself the material. Yeah, and I I. You know, a lot of kids, they pay to go to college, but instead what they're really paying for now is when they go online, you pay to teach yourself the material just to submit the assignment. So it's yeah. very challenging in that uh, perspective. Um, but in terms of coronavirus affecting me as a person, um, I'd say it hasn't really had too much effect on me besides my normal daily activity, uh, my normal daily routine. Um, but I can tell, like, you know, there's some things out there that, you know, it's people can't they can't really. I don't know. It's tough because people all, they, they want to go out. They want to have fun, but they know that it's wrong, too. So you're stuck in the middle and you have to be a grown up and make that decision, whether it's keep your family safe or not, whether you want to go out or not. Um, yeah, but I just say that guy for once. It, exactly. And it's it's everyone's like, oh, it's not that tough. Just, you know, where be responsible. But a lot of people aren't. That's the thing. A lot of people don't yeah. really do the right thing. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, even in here in Rhode Island, you're seeing each day. Um, I mean, I watch the news with my parents every night when we have dinner together. That's like the one time that I really talk to my parents throughout the day just because of my schedule. And we 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 don't I, would, I was about to say we enjoy watching the news together, but that that would just be a blatant fucking lie. Like there's no shot. Every time we turn on the news, it's always bad things. There's nothing ever good happening in the world anymore. I and mean, everyone's always talking about COVID. I mean, with the Pfizer vaccine coming out in the next couple of weeks, I mean, that's all that's been on the news lately. Um, and if so facto, both of my parents are highly allergic to this vaccine from the to the Pfizer one. So it's our so we already can check mark that shit off. But I want to touch upon a point that you that you made. So a lot of people were frustrated going into this past semester because they were under the assumption that their respective universities and colleges would mitigate the cost of their tuition, whether it was room and board or the classes, or maybe the, uh, I don't know if they would, would have been able to do like the supplies because I don't think they control that. Um, but a lot of people were, were under the impression that the price for tuition was going to be mitigated for this past semester and future semesters that we have to deal with this pandemic. So did Sacred, uh, did Sacred Heart do anything? And I'm asking you this question knowing already the answer, but for the sake of the podcast, I, you know, I'm going to ask it anyway. So did Sacred Heart do anything for you guys? Do you feel comfortable answering that question? Because I know it's about money or whatever. Um, so 
so I'll just put it like this. Last year when this we had a COVID scare, uh, everyone was going to like, all right, get off the campus and we'll take care of it. But I ended up having to stay home for the rest of the semester because campus was never back up and running. So basically yeah. they gave us a small portion of um, reef of, uh, of some money back, but it wasn't what you normally would. It's not, it doesn't equate. It, it wasn't, it, it wasn't equal. Okay. And so let, let me ask you this now, because this was a new story last, uh, not last night, but I think the night before. So I think it was the University of Wisconsin. It, it was one of the Big Ten schools. And it was a story about how they are beginning to, uh, sports athletic directors are beginning to cut programs at these big schools. Uh, one of the, so the, the story on the news on Channel 10 was about the gymnastics team. Now, I mean, obviously, college gymnastics is, is huge. That's big. There's only 13 universities in the entire United States that have a gymnastics program now. And I think it's already down to 12 because at the end of this year, that uh, that program is going to be cut. Um, and so gymnastics is big, but it's not big in terms of revenue is concerned because it's not as flashy as football or basketball or maybe some of the other sports that they might have that are lucrative at that school. But my question to you is in terms of sports is concerned, because we both know that that is an area that you are well versed in. So in terms of sports, as far as a university is concerned, what are things that you have seen in terms of at being at a university? Because I, I don't have that luxury anymore because I dropped out of school. So what is it like, Ben, for an uh, for a and I'm gonna say athlete because I mean you're, you're a basketball stud, so I, I think it's pretty safe to say that you're an athlete. But even though you're not playing for a sport, what does it feel like in terms of being a, a person who's very very much in love with sports, in love with college sports, in love with professional sports? What is it like? And we, we can kind of move move past Corona right now. I mean, it's still in the in the broad category, but how does it feel to be a fan of sports? And it doesn't matter which one in the world right now in this state. First of all, you're too kind with the basketball stuff. But yes, I do stud. love sports. He's a stud. Um, to answer that question, uh, as you pointed out, just to quickly say that the revenue that these colleges um, bring in is very vital to them. So obviously they're going to cut gymnastics because it's not on major yeah. networks. That's why you see they football and basketball. Pissed, bro. I mean, hey, they. I think they probably have cut some programs to swim because they don't bring in re as much revenue, which it sucks because kids go there and they get scholarships for that stuff. I know. Apparently that they're, they're starting, they, they will honor the, the existing scholarships that these students have. Uh, but, but I mean, regardless, I mean, you work, you're basically, I mean, uh, I just thinking back to high school, all, all I did was eat, sleep, swim. I woke up at four o'clock in the morning. I would drive up to Bryant University. I would swim and lift. Then I would go to school all day. And then I would do the same thing after school. And that's what I did six, six days a week, sometimes seven. So like, I, I just like working your ass off for Practically, I mean, if you're a real serious athlete and you wanted to get into college, you were, you were working towards that goal since your since eighth grade, since before high school, if your coaches were good. So remembering, just looking back on my personal experience, working your ass off to get to that point to represent a school, to have that big dick energy, to be able to like, yo, look at me and put that in like your Tinder bio and your fucking Instagram bio to be able to, you know, 
get the hose to swipe up. Literally, people get those rap captions in there. Literally, bro, people work for that chance to be in that spotlight for their entire lives. And for some, that's the only time that they'll be able to get to be on that stage. Exactly. So, I mean, it's good that they're they're still honoring the existing scholarships, but for this kid, I mean, it's like, oh, what the fuck? Like financially, it's great, but like like you said earlier, to the kid, it's like a it's like a shot in the gut. I yeah, mean, exactly. that's that's all these kids. That's what they, up. yeah, that's what they went to school for. You probably yeah. went. Kids probably signed up to go to that school because of their sport. I know they can't think play. about like a quitty pay situation. Like how good he was my fresh, like our freshman year, because we yeah. were the class of seventeen guys. We were we were the same graduating class. So think about how like quitty pay was his freshman year, right? Imagine kids in in that position who who like verbally agree to these big football schools or these big basketball schools, and now they're fucked because their scholarships aren't being honored. So yeah, th- then, all right, so let's segue into the second question, you, or yeah, the second question you asked, and that's in terms of sports right now during this COVID thing. It yeah. sucks because those freshmen that verbally committed to these colleges, they can't even play sometimes, or they don't know when they're playing next because all oh, the other team yeah. might contract it. Like I know the University of Connecticut, UConn, a big basketball program, I think they only have like two games right now out of like they were supposed to play six at this point just because they keep running uh, into pandemic problems. What's uh, isn't um, coach Hurley, isn't he the coach for UConn now? Yep, former URI coach. So I went to I went to high school, his son was in my class, Mm. so that's how I knew that, huh? Wow, that sucks because I know he loves basketball. He was really passionate about basketball when he was there. I mean, he was passionate regardless about basketball. Obviously, he's a fucking coach. But so, what does it feel like? What does it feel like to be a, like a sports fan? Let's let's take away the college aspect because this this is your shit. Like literally, this is what you're trying to do. So, like, what what does it feel like to be a, a fan of like an avid lover of sports in this climate right now? So, I have to say one thing. Thank God we have sports because I don't know if I can get through this pandemic without sports. Sports is such yeah. a great distraction, but I know it's very different without having fans in the stadium. To me, it doesn't really bother me because I'm more Ooh. focused on the product on the field. I'm not really concerned okay. with the fans. I mean, the crowd noise is cool and all, but like, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't really need that to per se. I just want to watch the sport. But to people, Do you think it's, the athletes need it. You know, maybe I would say I'd probably say yes because if you hit a clutch three, you're not going to. You can't really celebrate with anyone. You just kind of, you kind of walk back on the other end. You can't really get the crowd's energy to feed you. Yeah, it's literally funny you said that because that's exactly that's the first example that my mind just went to. I was like Steph Curry, NBA Finals. He hits a clutch three or one of his like famous half court shots. There's no there's the crowd. No crowd yells, "Are you not entertained?" And then there's no one there. <laughs> so exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's just fuck, man. Like, I haven't and, been able to watch football. I really haven't. It's just not as captivating and, to me. And that's the thing, because I've heard I've heard people say, oh, I can't watch baseball this year. Like, my father, he, he can't watch – he couldn't watch baseball this year, not just because the Red Sox sucked, but because yeah. there's no there's no fans. And I guess that mm-hmm. people like that. Um, did the cardboard like cutouts not do it for your dad? No, they did not do it for my dad. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to pay to get us – that was gonna be your Christmas. That was gonna be your Christmas present. But the but I just I the the, the hoops that I would have had to jump through and the favorites <laughs> that I would have had to call to get a picture or a cardboard cutout of you and I in Fenway Park. Oh my god! 
virtually impossible. I was like, there's no, I was like, there's no fucking shot. But isn't, isn't that crazy though? We got to talk about that. We got to talk about cardboard cutouts being in the stands to replace actual fans. I never thought COVID would actually put us in this predicament. I'm going to give a big shout out here um, and go out on a whim by saying this. Actually, I don't think I am. Screw that. I'm going to backtrack for a second. I'm going to give a big shout out to the NBA and the NHL for doing what they did because I thought that was amazing what they did with the, like having people like zoom in or however they did it to the and they put them on the on the screen. That was pretty mm-hmm. cool. I thought that was awesome. And that's an awesome way because like you get fan interaction still, even though they're not there, they can there's still faces in the stadium, which is mm-hmm. pretty nice. And speaking yeah. of NHL and NBA, they did a great job with that bubble. They Ooh, did a great yes, job. Uh, yes, the NFL should really take notice, dude. They should really take notice. Yeah, I feel bad. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I understand for for players that they don't want it. Like for the bubble, like my dad was describing to me, he he heard how some of the guys were feeling in the bubble, and it's and it fucking sucked. Like it really does, and especially for NBA players too. Like they were stuck in Disney. Like I I've been seeing more and more like Instagram pictures, and like, you know how you see like the stuff on your on your for you page or whatever. Yeah. So I was I was, I've been seeing a lot of like how if um. Tyler Harrow and like LeBron got into it one game in the, in, in uh, the playoffs. And then he like saw him walking with AD and just like in Disney. It's crazy. Because they're all in the bubble. I know. That's crazy. Because the point I brought up is Jimmy Butler sent out an interview. He's like, yeah, they won the championship and they're celebrating. And then the buses pull up together outside the hotel and they can, they're still yeah. celebrating. You have to watch that. It's so you gotta watch nerve wracking. I know, dude. That's just fuck, man. In terms of, and this is a this is a good segue to this next part, because um, I know this is something that you and I both want to talk about. In terms of, and we just had a pretty big, significant event as far as combat sports is concerned. So, if you guys didn't know, I've been big into combat sports for about two and a half years now. I've been training both MMA and boxing for. Uh, and BJJ, but not so much because of COVID. I, I won't do that to my to put my family in that risk. But I've been doing this for about two and a half years now. Um, I'm nowhere close to good, but I got hands, I got feet, I got arms, I got legs, whatever. But so combat sports is big for me. So that's that's my thing, right? Uh, if for for the past couple of years, and I think the last big boxing match that we had before COVID and all that bullshit was. Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder. That was fucking insane. The dad and then bomb. after that, we literally had nothing. We had no. absolutely nothing. We had some YouTube boxing fights, which were big, but they were not as big as this past couple weeks with Jake Paul, Nate Robinson, Mike Tyson, and Roy Jones Jr. So in terms of boxing is concerned or combat sports, one, did you watch the fight? for Jake Paul and Roy Jones Jr. And two, uh, and Mike Tyson, and two, how do you feel about combat sports without the fans? Because that's a big part and piece to it. So I'll tackle the first question. I think the second question really belongs to you because that's your MO, right? Bet. All right, so So I'll, I'll, I'll I'll answer that part. The first question, I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't watch it. You'd watch it. The f- reason why I could not watch Nate Robinson versus Logan Paul because it ended so goddamn quick. It was Jake, 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 Jake Paul. Jake Paul. I'm sorry, my bad. So you good? You good? I c- 
couldn't. I, it ended so damn quick. I couldn't even couldn't even watch it. I couldn't get the stream up. And then well, I was like, yeah. ah, whatever. And then the Mike Tyson and um, Roy Woods, Roy Jones Jr. Roy, oh my God, I I really that that's just goes to show you. I really didn't watch it because like I, I I had no. It didn't really pertain to me. The only one that pertained to me was Nate Robinson fight because I knew mm-hmm. him. I didn't, I didn't yeah. watch Mike Tyson growing up, so like I didn't I didn't have like an emotional connection to watch him fight. We didn't we didn't have him growing up, right? Because he was before. We didn't us. have anyone to be honest, besides Pacquiao growing up. Yeah, like honestly, that was it. I mean, we had Mayweather, but he wasn't really fighting as much during the past twenty one years. I mean, he really. I mean, he had obviously he's still what is it fifty one and zero? Like he he hasn't lost a fight. We all know this. But he, um, he really, I mean, he fights like once in a blue moon. It's, it's not, it's not, you know, uh, he's, he's kind of like a Conor McGregor now in the sense where he picked or like the old, the Conor McGregor post Mayweather fight up until his Cowboy Cerrone fight. Like he Mm -hmm. would just, he he just wouldn't fight because it wasn't pertaining to him and he wasn't in the right headspace. But this motherfucker always trains. He doesn't have any vices. I think his one vice is like roller skating. So, I mean, this, this dude's always trained. But um, so to go ahead and answer the question that I asked you, in terms of combat sports is concerned, I think you need the fans because you can hear each other's corners without the fans. And as a as a fighter and as a coach, that really fucking sucks. Like in the UFC, they were having a lot of trouble with Joe Rogan and some of the other announcers like D.C., because they were able to, the fighters were able to hear, and even even if you were watching the fight, you were able to hear the commentators say, "Oh no, you should do this, you should do this, they should be doing this," and they would do it, and it would alter the fight because uh, they were basically listening to, to to like two different corners. Yeah. Then, and you're also listening to your opponent's corner, so you're like, "Oh, they want him to do that," so like, "I'm gonna, I'm all right, I'm ready for this." Like, when's it coming? So I think in terms of combat sports, the fan the fans are definitely needed. Well, wouldn't that be good though? Because then it kind of, you kind of, one guy knows exactly what to do and then what to brace for. Shouldn't the other guy? So wouldn't it be like a nice long even fight? No. Honestly, if you you would think right, like that that's a great great point. If you if you are if you are a seasoned fighter, if you are like a, you don't even have to be a veteran. Fuck that. If you are an intelligent fighter, if you if you if you're not going out there and you're swinging for the hills and you're making the correct you know the correct movements you're moving your head you're staying off the center line you're making sure that you're you know you're jabbing out you're doing the things you need to be doing if you're an intelligent fighter you do not want to be in a scenario where you hear the other person's corner calling out stuff and you don't know how to counter it so in terms of a fighter who takes the fight serious obviously one and two has good fight knowledge i think it would be great but for the chumps who don't, I think they're easily. I think they're. I think you're. You're able to see it a lot easier, because obviously, you know, the the you know the they're they're not being called out, but there's no fans. They're able to hear it, and if someone's coming out and they're like, Connor, I want you to throw a three two three, and I'm like, all right, bet, and I throw a three two three, and this dude doesn't cover it, I know that he has no idea what he's fucking doing. So like, so if we can even call like more complex combos and I'll be able to fucking do that. And the person's like, and, and the guy would be like, oh shit, you know, they'll literally have no idea. So I feel like it'll be easier to, to trim in the fat social Darwinism. That's where I was going with that. I think that, I think that's the, uh, that's the, that's the sense that we're on as far as combat sports. So let me, uh, let me bring this up then. 
I understand why you need fans at um at an event like that because I mean that the only reason why you go to uh say a boxing or an MMA event is to feed off the adrenaline and see people beat each other up so that you get it's rowdy there. Yeah, it's yeah. a show. I mean, I, I can see why it's there because then the fighters really feed off that. It's not like baseball, you're feeding off the crowd chanting, Oh, hit yeah. a home run. And UFC, you're like, Oh, you put that guy in a headlock and you just get all hyped up and you're just like, Yeah, you all right, get hyped let me do up. this. So I can see why fans would be more important in that aspect than like in terms of like say baseball or soccer. Yeah. I think soccer too, bro. And so, like soccer, I feel like you definitely need the fans. Because soccer fans are crazy as fuck. Remember that one time we went to the Galaxy game? Bro, that was lit. Like, bro, Breaking Slot, man. Fans. Didn't even play. Bro, that, I was so mad. Chat. All right, not chat. Oh my God. So, guys, we went to uh, an LA Galaxy game. It was Joe Forcino, one of our good buddies. Um, it was myself and Mitch. And we went. And oh, there was a girl that I was talking to then who was there no too, way. right? Actually, I don't Did doubt she it. Show up? The blonde one, he was, she came to basketball, remember? Man, you know everyone. I I don't know. Bro, she was she was Melissa's friend, and she sat with Melissa while we were at CLCF one night. Oh. Wasn't she there at the game? Chelsea, right? Yeah. That's yeah. you. That's your department. That is my department. Yeah. All right. So to give you guys a quick little a quick little thing. So this is this is where we get to the real authenticity that is Squid Levine. So every, the reason I broke up with this girl, she was a great girl, guys, like literally nothing wrong with her. But the reason that I broke up with her is because every time we had sex, she would close her eyes the entire time. And this is super fucked up to say, but oh my God, I remember this as clear as day. And this was like two years ago. So this is super fucked up to say, but her ex-boyfriend passed away. Rest in peace. I don't even know the kid's name, whatever, regardless. So um, her boy, her ex-boyfriend passed away. The one that she dated before me. And so I got the impression that every time that she closed her eyes while we were having sex, she was imagining getting dicked down by this kid. And so that's <laughs> that's why I broke up with her. And she never denied it. She never denied it. So I, I high-key think it was true because every time I asked her about it, she got so sus about it. Oh, man. I just cringed so hard. <laughs> Oh man! All right, brother. So the last last little topic I want to talk about here about uh, within the what's going on in the fish tank segment we got here, Logan Paul versus Mayweather. What are your thoughts about that? I'm just gonna leave it at that. So we sat by a fire, you and me, a couple weeks ago, and you're like, "Who you got, Jake or Nate?" I said, "Oh, Nate. He's an NBA player. Dude's built a shit. He's an athlete. That's what you said to me. You said, said he's an said athlete. He's, he's a pure athlete. He tried out for the Seattle Seahawks to get on the football team. I mean, he's he's just a natural born animal. Yeah. And then you were like, yeah, but uh, no, you you're like, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, so what? 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 His reach is better. So what? Who cares? I, I'm still picking yeah. Nate. I was sure as hell wrong, so I'm never going against a fighter again. I'm picking Floyd. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't going down that road no more. Bro, the Nate Robinson challenge, that shit was all over the internet. I feel so bad that? for Nate. Yeah, I oh. saw it. <laughs> How can you oh not see it? God. It's all over Twitter. Oh my God. That was bad. So who do you so who do you who do you who do you think's gonna win? Oh, Floyd, dude. You think so? Professional. I mean, not that the record is – it's a cupcake 51-0. Yeah. But, but still, he's a professional fighter. And you and J- not that Jake was a professional fighter. He just done it – he's done it longer than Nate. 
and yeah. definitely showed because Nate looked like he had no clue what he was doing. Oh my god, dude! I remember you texted me and you were you were like, "Bro, what the fuck did I just watch?" And I was so confused. I, I didn't put two and two together, but then I was like, "Oh my god!" Like you saw, I was like, "Yeah, uh huh." I was like, "Yo." So I'm not I'm not going against a professional fighter again. I feel like if like if Jake Paul was to uh, train for basketball for nine months, he still wouldn't even score probably five points first to ten against Nate. It, it's no just shot. the your profession that you've been studying the longest. You just you have all the tips and tricks and the nicks and it's yeah yeah I'm I'm not going against Floyd. I'm gonna go. I, I'm gonna say. I'm going to say Floyd's going to win, but I do not like Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather at all. I can't fucking stand this character. He's a clown. I can't stand him at all. When Conor McGregor – he's my favorite combat sports fighter of all time. Not even just because the guy's name is the same as mine, minus one extra N. When this guy went against him our freshman year of college, that was probably one of the biggest moments of my entire life. That was insane. Conor McGregor, UFC legend, going in to fuck up Mayweather. He would have. He was last. They lasted the entire fight, and they would have been fine. But he, Conor McGregor just doesn't have stamina like that. Dude, he had a what was it? The first four rounds, it was basically all Conor, basically. And that's a UFC regulation round. That's rounds right there. So for a championship fight for UFC, you have five. You have five two and two and a half minute rounds, I believe. So. But I, I I believe about the time interval. But you about as far as the the rounds are concerned, he lasted a full championship fight. So that's all you can ask of him, really. Yeah. But in terms yeah. of this bout against Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather, I think Logan Paul is going to come in with. Uh, I think we're going to be surprised as as to what we see. I don't think there's going to be a knockout on either side. I think this will go the distance. Really. I think this is going to go the distance because Logan's been tra- Logan's been training for this fight for for close to more than six months, and he's he he stopped doing YouTube. He did exactly what his brother did. There's no, he had, the only piece of content that he's been releasing has been his podcasts, and the, those are twice a week. But to record a, a podcast, there's really not much work that goes into that when you're at the level that he's at because you don't have to write it like I do. You don't have to edit it like I do. He literally has people that do that for him. All he does is sit in front of the camera and read. Yeah. So for obviously, you know, I don't want to shortchange, you know, their operation over there. But, you know, for the most part, it's a lot easier than the rest of us. But mm-hmm. he's he's been working fighting golden glove fighter fighters for sparring partners. He wakes up, he trains twice a day. He's eating the diet. He's in shape. I think mentally he's probably in a, he's, he's in a great place. He just broke up with his girlfriend, Josie Canseco, who actually you will know her father, who is Jose Canseco. Baseball Baseball legend. Yeah. Yeah. So his, so, so that's who her father was. So they just broke up. And after his last serious breakup with a girl, he was absolutely devastated. You could see it. And that was with Chloe Bennett. But this time around, he's focused. He's wired. He's ready to go. I'm trying not to sound as biased as I normally am when talking about the Pauls because I absolutely love them. They're my favorite YouTubers. But I think we're going to see a show. I think we're going to see a show. And I think Logan's going to give his best. He's going to put his best foot forward. And that's literally all I can ask for. So, I mean, come on. I, I, I have to say there is a knockout. Floyd has – actually, 
you're, you might be right. There might not be a knockout, but Floyd has to knock him out, in my opinion. You're a professional. Okay. Own, own to the sport. That mm-hmm. is your sport. You are the king. Yeah. You can't have. You can't just have these random, not random, but you know what I mean. These people oh, yeah, yeah. come into your sport and act all tough and shit. Especially the way Logan's been doing on social media. I've seen a couple of videos. Dude, can you spell your name? Shit like that. They're good, um, bro. But seriously, you have to own up to your sport. You can't let it go the distance. You have to knock mm-hmm. him out. I can see going the distance with McGregor because mm-hmm. McGregor, he's been uh, MMA for or UFC for so long. And he's been yeah. the guy in UFC. You have to so, knock him out. Yeah. So I so I think the only way that Mayweather knocks him out is if it's a body shot. He's not touching his face. I don't think he's gonna touch his face that much during this fight. Because you have to think about so Logan, Logan is on paper, Logan is set to lose this fight. But the only reason that Logan is set to lose this fight statistically is because of the uh, the records that these two respective athletes have. Mayweather is obviously 50 plus and 0, and Logan Paul is 0 1 and 1. One draw, one loss. And that's against the same person. But with Logan, he went the distance with KSI. And KSI has been boxing for a long time. He was the OG YouTube boxer. And that dude takes it seriously, too. So I, I just, you know, and statistically, Logan's supposed to lose. But in terms of if you take that away and you look at both of the fighters as a whole, I don't know if the uh, Mayweather camp is going to make Logan Paul cut weight. I really hope there's not that much of a weight cut for Logan because that sucks. Knowing how to, knowing that you have to cut weight for a fight, that, that it really blows. You have to stop drinking water at some point. Your diet completely changes. You don't eat the day before um, the day before a fight and the day of that you're you're kind of cramming to get as much weight back on as possible so that you're bigger than the other opponent because they don't weigh you when you go in uh, for the fight night. They only weigh you the the day before, a couple of days before. So I think you know, Logan Logan's got a longer reach. He's taller. He's got a bigger chin. I think he's going to be able to hold his own for the most part, especially because of the amount of training that he has undertook. But I just don't think that Floyd's going to get a head knockout. I think he, if anything, he's going to make Logan Paul crumble with those body shots because he's evasive. He's a little fucking rat. Well, that well, all right. So you say this, right? You say all this, but you know damn well he's going to cut weight because Floyd, he hasn't, yeah. he hasn't put himself that high. No, of course not. And he's not gonna. He's gonna not gonna. He's not gonna jeopardize his record, because I mean, look, like the, I, in all honesty, I think Floyd Mayweather is probably one of the biggest pussies on the planet. This dude has an undefeated boxing record, and now he's going to go over because he knows he can't hold his own with the people in this modern day era of boxing. So now he's going to go over after this fight to Japan to start fighting in that league. He already did it once, and he absolutely annihilated the dude that he faced but that was only because the dude that he faced was an mma fighter he wasn't trained in boxing he was an mma fighter and floyd was like you got you can't kick punch hit whatever that league allows that but that contract for that specific fight was like no you guys can't do that because i'm playing floyd mayweather and of course they're going to say yes because they want the marketing oh man so, that paycheck's gonna be fat it's gonna be big even if logan loses he's making millions of dollars he could probably retire they're still winning day. whoever loses yeah, that's the thing about fighting, dude, is you win no matter what. Well, all right, hold on. Let me let me ask you this question then. 
I bet. Would it be a bigger story if Floyd loses or Logan wins? Isn't that the same thing? No. So if Floyd loses, he has to – it's more of a story, in my opinion, because he's the professional. He's the king of that sport. Yeah. Or you can make the argument if Logan wins – should he actually be a real boxer since he took down Floyd Mayweather, the Floyd it's Mayweather? Best, so you know how those sports shows are like, oh, did this team win it or this team lose it? Obviously, oh, okay. they both lost and someone won. Well, yeah. obviously, what's the bigger story? I think it would be Logan Paul winning. Not I Floyd losing? Be, yeah, I think it would be Logan Paul winning because I, I'm looking at the bigger picture versus the, the – I, I don't want to, you know – uh, dilute or dilute the uh, the 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 gravity that this fight has that this carries like the clout behind it, but I'm looking at the bigger picture and I'm looking at just Logan Paul's last name Paul, because in terms of fights the 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 dates are close enough where this is going to be big in the headlines because it's close enough to Jake's fight where they're going to be able to compare the paul brothers as far as boxing is concerned so i think if logan wins i think that's going to be bigger because it's going to have both jake's name and logan's name in the headlines i, I don't think it's just going to be logan i'm going to be like i think it's going to be like paul brothers solidify boxing legacy like that's what i that if i was running a headline that's what i would put up that's literally what i would put up because so jake paul took down nate robinson who undeniably is an athlete. What is he, like a three-time slam punk champion? I mean, like, just look at this motherfucker's accolades, right? Like, he played for the Celtics, like, you know, and I'm only naming one of the NBA teams he played for just because that's ours. But, like, look at this guy. He's an athlete. Like you said, he, he tried out for the Seattle football team. Like, bro, this dude's he, – he's big, yeah. too. Like, that was one of the points you made when we were sitting at the bike. He was like, bro, you were like, bro, he's big. Look at Jake Paul. He's not that big. I was like, yeah, yeah. But – Jake Paul still fucked his shit up. And it, it literally didn't even look like Nate knew what he was doing. Yeah. And I just I just think that I think that because Jake did what he did to Nate Robinson and the, the way it carried, like you had Stephen A. Smith talking about Jake Paul. What the fuck? I know you don't like Stephen A. Smith, but when you got uh when you got that that you know Stephen A. Smith and that other dude talking about Jake Paul and boxing, like that's you know, that's big. I don't know I heard Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp talking about. I'm like, are they really talking about this right now? Yeah, bro. Maybe that's, that's you know what? That might be the new trend. That's what just I'm saying. celebrities just boxing it out. I think Paul Logan and Jake are going to be the founding fathers of this, and that's going to continue. 100%. This is not going to stop. So to so the final point before we because I, I want to move on to uh to the second segment we have here today. So. The final point I want to make on this is in terms of the, this YouTube boxing thing in the combat sports world, Dana White, who is the president of UFC, he was on the, do you know who the Nelk boys are? No. So the Nelk boys are, you, you know, the, you know, the, the expression send it. Yeah. So they were the guys who coined that. They're, oh, they're okay, the okay. Senate guy. Okay. So, um, so they were on. So Dana White was on the Nelk Boys's Twitch. They just started Twitch because they felt like they were able to monetize during the time that they weren't uploading videos because they're taking a holiday break right now. So they decided to start gambling on Twitch. And so what they did was um, they did a collab with Dana White when they were doing when uh, 
they went to Fight Island in Dubai. So they did a collab with the UFC and they did Milk Boys with the UFC. And that was the first time that the UFC has ever done a collab with any, any other brand like that. So when Dana White was on their Twitch page, he said, uh, well, uh, Kyle Forgard asked Dana White, he goes, did you hear about the Jake Paul versus Nate Robinson fight? And he goes, yeah, that YouTube kid who knocked out Nate Robinson. And then he asked him, he was like, did you hear about Logan Paul versus Mayweather? And he goes, yeah, didn't that kid get beat up by the uh, the British YouTube gamer? So in terms of the, the combat sports world, they think this is just a bunch of bullshit. But I think Dana White's mad because he has even gone on record to say that he will never give Logan Paul a professional UFC fight. And I mean, whatever, fine. You know, he maybe he even just, you know, maybe he sponsors it a bit, but he didn't even go as far as saying that he would do that. But as far as the combat sports world, this is a, a complete joke. But to the rest of the world, it's a fucking money pot, dude. It's the pot at the end of the rainbow. Like this is, yep. this is, if you if you're talking about big racks, if you want to monetize, if you want to boost viewage, this is where you gotta go. This is where you gotta go. Jake Paul thing. Nate Robinson was half of the revenue brought in from the Mike Jones versus uh the Mike Jones fuck with the Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. fight. More than half of the revenue was brought in because of Jake Paul. I believe it. I really believe yeah. it because you're get you're getting a whole new audience to watch this sport and boxing is a dying sport and dying sport. not that no i will say it. it is very important for this to keep going if boxing wants to survive i'm yeah. not a boxing expert so don't shatter me on this but i'm just saying if boxing wants to keep going they need to start bringing in names because they i'm they've not that their marketing guy is terrible i don't know a whole lot of boxers and that's a shitty there's job for the marketing too campaign. leagues too that's the problem like it's not, it's not as it's not as simple as like the like the UFC right where it's like the or Bellator the two big competitors you know what I'm saying or mm-hmm. even WWE if we want to dumb it down a little bit there's WWE and then there's uh what's the other one that came out um oh the new on, one yeah with Chris Jericho and all them yeah all elite right uh AEW all elite wrestling yeah 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 so it's it's like you you know who the two big head honchos are. But with boxing, it's like, is there boxing even... is completely individual and yeah, it's and there's no big name, and I mm-hmm. I don't think that's necessarily the fighters' fault because they're just doing their job. It's the campaign marketing guys that just can't seem to build these guys up. I don't think it's it's so so much the camps' fault. I think it's the organizations that are hosting the events that do a poor job marketing it. Mm-hmm. Because as far as camps are concerned, like, do you know who Ryan Garcia is? Yeah. So Ryan Garcia, um, he's become somewhat of a, of a influencer boxer now, and he's gotten a lot more following because of it. Like you see shit on ESPN or sports center, Instagram and Twitter pages all the time with Ryan Garcia. Now, whether it's knockouts or training videos, because he's delving into that social influencer space and he's been able to make connections where he's able to be broadcast more often now. So I think I, I think it's the 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 broad I think it's the people who host the events that aren't doing a good job marketing it. Because I think the individual camps are doing a good job. But you also have to think about like like a Gervonta Davis, like one of the uh, uh, controversial name of boxing right now. He's arguably one of the best for pound for pound at his weight right now, or, or just in general. 
but you don't see him giving a fuck about, you know, about Instagram and YouTube and like all that stuff. He's from fucking Maryland. He doesn't give a shit about that stuff. They don't care about that over there. Like I literally went to school in Maryland. All they care about down there is surviving. How am I going to get, you know, how am I even going to be able to put food on the table, clothes on my back, a roof over my head? That's what, that's what they fucking care. They don't care about. All right. So, all right. So Connor Levine, Scoot Levine. So I'm going to post an Instagram picture on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I need to be able to record a podcast on Thursday with my brother. They don't give a fuck about that stuff. Yeah. But, um, Okay. All right. So let's get in. Let's kind of segue here into the, the second segment we have here. And ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a fucking mind fuck and clusterfuck of information. So I want you guys to, to bear with us here for a minute. Mitchell and I growing up, there was one thing that really honed our relationship, really honed in um, what I like to honestly, I'm going to go out here and say, really defined our childhood. And that was Star Wars. That was Star Wars. Undoubtedly yes, was sir. Star Wars franchise. Episodes one, two, three, four, five, and six. And then I don't even want to talk about actually we, we are going to talk about those because unfortunately we have to. So for this next segment, we are going to be calling it Media Schmedia. So for the second segment of the day, we're gonna start to, we're gonna start off with Star Wars, and I'm gonna go in sequential order here. Mitchell, what did you think about the last season of the Clone Wars, because that was big when we were kids. I remember every Friday, Cartoon Network, there was nothing more than we looked forward to than to watching Star Wars The Clone Wars. So Bro, you how, had Clone uh, Wars and then you had SmackDown season. right after. Literally, literally. What was, Friday so, what was Friday, great about that? It was the best, best fucking night ever of the week. Because on Saturdays, it wasn't much. But on Friday, that's when you knew everything was coming out. So what did you think about the last season of The Clone Wars? Dude, I loved it. You loved, loved it. it. I go. loved the uh, the Bad Batch. You, you know they're, they're coming out with their own their own show, right? Their own spinoff. I thought you said we were waiting to that. No, it's okay. No, no, no. So I mean, since you brought it up anyway, so did you? Dude, I'm amped. I'm amped. You're amped for that. I'm, I'm excited. I... In, in Fives is in it too now. The Bad Batch. I hope that they they show him too because I loved Fives in the Clone Wars. If you guys don't know who that is, that's a clone trooper who got captured by the separatists. But yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for that. I love anything Clone Wars related. I love it. And the Bad Batch, them them saying, "All right, we'll do a little spinoff here," even though we only got what two episodes of them. Yeah, that's it. It only took two episodes for me to absolutely fall in love with them, and I'm glad mm-hmm. we're getting more. Yeah, it's definitely it was definitely um for so I think for the Clone Wars the last season they it was like a hill mm-hmm. almost. I was in love with the first couple episodes. Um, the episodes that dove into what Ahsoka was doing post-Jedi, um, I wasn't so amped about. Like, when she was with the I two sisters, yeah. uh, I was like, eh. Like, I watched it just because, obviously, I'm going to watch the whole entire yeah, last Star Wars movie. related. Obviously, you're going to watch it. Yeah, of course. You know, I you're speaking Star Wars related, obviously, you're going to watch it. Of course, like, we can just go and reference three shitty movies that came out <laughs> in the past fucking four or five, six years of our lives. But getting back to the Clone Wars, that it just so the Ahsoka episodes were okay. But when she met Bo Katan, I was like, oh my fucking God. Like, this, is, this is Rebels. So I was like, bro, this is, this, this is where it picks up. And mm-hmm. then we get into the last final four episodes. What did you think about those? What were your thoughts? Growing up, I loved Darth Maul. 
oh my god, I love Darth Maul. I'm sad we got to see it in one movie. But then he arrives in these last four episodes, and you see what Anakin and Obi-Wan do, and everything just all comes together on Mandalore, and it's oh nut. The pieces, I I just the thing about the Star Wars franchise, and of course they have so many faults over the past, you know, few years in, in recent years when they went over to Disney. Um, but in terms of putting the pieces of the puzzle together and filling in those blank and empty spots that we had when we were kids. Yeah. They've done a fantastic job of doing that, I think. Because these last four episodes are when the Clone Wars final season matched up and mirrored Revenge of the Sith Mm -hmm. perfectly. And so at some points, like when Ahsoka... um, when they capture Maul and Ahsoka's talking to the Jedi Council, that's so that scene in Clone Wars is right after when Anakin leaves and Mace Windu sends Anakin to go talk to Palpatine. And that's when Palpatine reveals himself to Anakin as Darth Sidious. So you there's like little scenes here and there for us, like huge Star Wars nerds, that you were like, holy shit, that just happened right before, yeah. right after or before this. So things like that really were awesome. I absolutely loved every part of that. And, um, but in terms of the last four episodes, holy fucking shit, man. That was just, that was next level. Give me, give me more thoughts about that. Dude, like I said, I love anything Clone Wars related. And just the fact that we got to see Maul come back. We got to see where Ahsoka was during all this. I remember uh, one part where Ahsoka was talking to um mace windu and he's like oh yeah they're just returning from uh or obi-wan and anakin are just returning they just rescued palpatine i'm like yeah, yeah. oh shit they just killed count dooku yeah and it was so great just like as a star wars fan you're like oh finally so this is where ahsoka was during this whole time because mm-hmm. we got revenge of the sith then we got clone wars and we got break and so then yeah. it was just like okay so these characters exist but whatever happened to them and we finally know we get the full circle ending of what happened, and it was yeah. so great. And you you talked about how Ahsoka's moves—they're all realistic moves. They're all—they uh, didn't do any CGI. That was actually uh, motion captured. Yeah. So that so if you guys don't know this, so for the last, um, it was the second to last episode, and the, I think the last two were the best in the entire season. I think that goes without saying, but the last two episodes of the Clone Wars were when Ahsoka captures Maul and when the purge of the Jedi Order starts to happen. So um, if you guys don't know what that means, I'm referring to Order 66. So the second to last episode, when Darth Maul and Ahsoka Tano fight, you can barely, if you don't know, if you didn't know this before, you would be like, oh, wow, like the visuals got really good here. And if you if you didn't know this before, you would be like, you would just think, oh, this is just because they they put a little bit more money into this part, like the, this uh, scene sequence. But actually what they did for the battle between Ahsoka and Darth Maul in the second to last episode, they did motion capture. So they basically did what they did for the Avatar movies. And I'm talking about the blue monkey, not the guy with the arrow on his head. So what they did was they put the dots on the face. They put the motion capture suits on. And Ray Parker, 
who was Darth Maul in Phantom Menace. That was episode one. The actual Darth Maul actor came back and he performed the Darth Maul fight sequence with the um, the stunt uh, stunt actor for Ahsoka. So that fight sequence was awesome. That was absolutely insane. That was real movement. All of that was real. And I think that was really, really special and cool for us. And I think it was cool for Darth Maul fans like you who like appreciate Ray Parker for what he brought to the character in Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 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 What did you think about the Purge episode? So, like I said, like we, like I said earlier, right? We had, or we had Revenge of the Sith, Clone Wars break. So throughout all mm-hmm. that um, Order sixty six stuff, you're just like, so what happens to Ahsoka now? And we yeah. finally learn what happens. And then you you see all the Clone Wars, you see Rex. And how she kind of she she saves him, and Mm -hmm. how they basically get out. Which is that episode was really cool, but it's just like as you're watching it for the first time as a Star Wars fan, you're like, so this is how it really goes for Ahsoka. So when um, so did you ever watch Rebels? Did you ever get a chance to watch that? Here and there, when I was little, I wasn't really a fan of it. Yeah, neither was I. I, really but I think now so more so just to connect some dots. That's why I watched it. How is it? It's good. I actually like it. I, it's it's not as childish as I thought it would be. But it's see, I, I got that impression. I thought it was really like childish and cartoony. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so did I. But I I really took the time and I was like, okay, let's you know, this is Star Wars. It's canon, so I need to watch it to be able to understand and not look like I'm just talking out of my asshole, like fucking Chip Carey. In the first Ace Ventura, when he's talking out of his ass in the uh, oh in the pre- my god, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but no, so I, I watched it and I thought it was good. But in Rebels, you find out that Ahsoka and Rex are still alive, and so are some of the other clones, like Wolf and and, and I think two others. But so you, so like I said earlier, like um, the Star Wars franchise really does a good job of fitting in those pieces. But up until, so I think so. There's, I remember the first time that i i don't don't know if you remember this because we were both probably so fucking young when our parent when our fathers introduced us to this movie but i can remember the fucking day like it was yesterday mitch um i walk into the living room you know little connor i was probably take just taking a shit somewhere in the house that wasn't the bathroom right because i always used to fuck with my parents and take shits at random places in the fucking house when i was a kid so I probably just came from doing that. And I walk into the living room and I'm like, hey, dad, can I watch TV with you? He was like, hey, yeah, sure. And he sits me down He's and, and he's watching A New Hope. And he goes, son, I want you to watch this with me. Like all of, like all of our dads did when it came to movies that they grew up with it for their childhood. Because we were that next generation because they already knew that we were going to love it. I mean, they know we were going to love this stuff and have, the, have it had the impact on us like it did. But I remember the day I walk into the room. I say, dad, what are you watching? He's like, I'm watching Star Wars. I want you to sit here and watch this with me. When Darth Vader came on the screen, I remember as a kid being absolutely terrified, absolutely fucking terrified of the Empire, the Stormtroopers. Um, in, in obviously in the new the new cut for A New Hope, we got to see the actor who played Darth Sidious. But in the original cut, it was, uh, I'm pretty sure it was George Lucas's wife or it was some random dude and they put like prosthetics on him. And that's how, that's what the emperor was in the original cut of the movie. 
But then George Lucas went back and added the, the Darth Sidious actor into it. So that's who we saw um, when, when we were kids. But I do, I was absolutely terrified. And the only time that that came back was at the end of Rogue One, when Darth Vader is slicing and dicing all of those rebel soldiers when they're when he's trying to get the, the Death Star yeah. plans back. So that was the only time it happened. And then fast forward, how is it how long has it been since Rogue One came out? Probably what four years? A couple maybe of years more? now, yeah, like three or four. So fast forward to the last episode of the Clone Wars, and this is where we kind of get, go for a full circle here, everybody. When Anakin, and I'm gonna say Anakin, because he was still Anakin, I think, at that point. When Anakin or Darth Vader walks, it, it's it's the last. So after it after it cuts, after you know, there's the after Ahsoka and Rex bury all the clones, and it cuts and it's black. I was like, that can't be how it ends. And of course, leave it to Dave fucking Filoni, the most intelligent. Probably him and John Favreau and George Lucas are the the big three as far as Star Wars is concerned. But leave it to Dave Filoni and George Lucas to add that last extra scene. It was all of what, a minute and 20 seconds? I've watched that on YouTube more times than I've probably watched my own YouTube videos when I'm editing them. And, and I'm being completely serious. Darth Vader slash Anakin Skywalker walks up. All right, see, let, let me go in sequential order here. Snow. Music. Stormtroopers. And it's the snow stormtroopers. So they look like clones from behind. So they, they haven't, it looks like they haven't made the switch yet. They're yep. still clones because they haven't switched over to regular people yet because Darth Sidious hasn't made that switch yet. And then all of a sudden you hear the breathing and you're like, no fucking shot. They put Darth Vader into a clone, into the Clone Wars. Then you see his legs, or first you hear him walking, you see his legs, you see behind him. I was absolutely terrified. I, in my chest, Mitch, I was freaking out. I was like, this is the exact feeling that I felt back when I was a kid. He picks up Ahsoka's lightsaber that he fucking made for her. Yeah. Or well, he he make them, but he he like tuned them up. So obviously he remembers his craftsman work because it's Anakin. He's always going to remember that stuff. Yeah. Picks it up, turns it on. He sees the the bird go around, which is like a force sensitive animal, and that's big in the Star Wars canon. And then it cuts as he's walking away. What did you think about that final scene? I've been meaning to ask you about that for months now. So, ready? Do you think at that point, even though he has the suit on stuff, did you think to yourself like, "Oh shit, he must have realized what he did. Like he realized what he did was wrong," or do you think he just saw it? And he was like. She got away and walked away. I think it was she got away. I think he was at peace really? knowing. I think he was at peace knowing that his his Padawan got away. See, I always thought it was like him looking at the lightsaber, and then he thinks to himself, "Like I've ruined something so close to me," and then he yeah. walks away. Yeah. But, well, I mean, all right. So to ask you about that, then, so if you think that he was that, if that was that's what was going through his head, right? Yeah. That makes sense because in Rebels, did you see when him and Ahsoka fight? I looked at the fight on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And dude, Darth Maul was in that episode too. So that episode was fucking jam-packed. But um, so when 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 Anakin or when Darth Vader and Ahsoka are going at it, he said that the Emperor will be merciful to her if he gives up the remaining Jedi. Obviously, Ahsoka hasn't been a Jedi since that episode where she left the Order. Yeah. Um, 
but he said the emperor, emperor will be mer uh, merciful. Do you think that he would have killed her? Or do you think that he would have taken her as his apprentice again, but as Darth Vader? He would have killed her. You would have killed, killed her? her. Oh, isn't the, not the slogan, obviously, the saying that can only be two, the master and the apprentice? Yeah. There's no I mean, that's way... always been what it was in Star Wars, right? Because if, if you keep her, there's that sense of light that Anakin or Darth Vader will always feel when they're together. Because they've been, yeah. they've, they're like, they're like at this point, brother and sister, or you can say father and daughter, the way yeah. they were so close together in the Clone Wars, you need to cut that part off. You got to have yeah. just one. That makes sense. I really, I do, I like that. That was a great answer. I, I, good answer. Good answer. I like that. Um, so in terms of, all right, so let's, let's kind of move on from the Clone Wars here. Let's go on to another Star Wars show. You texted me today and you said that you watched all of it today, which I really appreciate you doing your homework, but also you should have just been doing this, you know, regardless, because it's probably the best, probably, I would, I'm going to say it's the second best show behind Clone Wars that Star Wars has right now. What did you okay. think about, what do you think about the Mandalorian? What do you think about it? So the reason why I was getting to it is because the first season really didn't even didn't intrigue me so much the last couple episodes did it but it took so much but i understand that's just filler and for you to understand the character mm -hmm. but this the reason why it took me so long is because the last couple episodes were good but it took so long i i, I guess i just had this thought in my head since he's a bounty hunter he's gonna yeah, do yeah. some bounty hunter shit he's he, yeah, he's yeah. instead he you can tell he's like oh i'm gonna do the right thing because you know it's disney and shit but about if bounty hunters they're the, they're supposed to be the scum of the galaxy. The galaxy they do all yeah. the dirty shit. They all all they want is is the moolah. All they want is the credits. Yeah, yeah. And I guess I just had that depiction in my head for so long. So then when I got to this season, and I told you I watched all of it uh, today. Mm -hmm. It like I said, it, it it took what four episodes. The last three episodes were good, but. Up until the last three episodes, I wasn't really that impressed again. Wow. Okay. All right. Maybe I'm so, too. Maybe I'm too. I'm um, critiquing it way too hard. I. I just. I don't know. So. All right. So let me. Let me go point by point here. So when you talk about bounty hunters, right? Obviously, obviously, Mando is a bounty hunter, but you also have to remember he's a Mandalorian, and their code is well rooted in honor in that culture that's a culture that's a that's a mm -hmm. cult what mandalorians are so i think that they are take away the disney thing i think that he is living up to that race of person in the acts that he's doing because he's not he so he obviously he felt before the the uh, forge woman told him to uh, basically said that Grogu, you, you saw the episode where they found out his name, right? Yeah. So obviously when they found out that, and the fucking kid is sitting right in front of me right here. I'm literally, I literally just looked up and over and he's sitting right here because I have a plush doll of Grogu. Um, yeah. So, so when, they, so when um, obviously when the forge woman said that he, that Grogu was now a foundling of the Mandalorians, obviously it's by creed he has to protect that kid now 
But before that, I think the reason that he did was because it was an honorable thing to do. It was a fucking, he's a child. Grogu's still a child, regardless of whether he can use the force or not. So I just think that, I think he did it because he knew it was, it was the right thing. But I think that, I, I don't think he did it because of Disney. I think he did it because of the, the race that he, that he is in, the culture that he follows. I'd say you're right. I'd say just because it's an honorable thing to do. But I just know, I just know, like, from watching Clone Wars, Cad Bane, right? No, that's his name, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cad Bane, Boba Fett, all these guys, all they did was just basically the assassin droid. All they did was give me my objective, eliminated, credits, I'm out of here. And but didn't he do that in the first episode? So if you want to, if you want to compare Boba Fett to Mando, didn't he put that dude that he the who he put in the dry the, what, what is it called i i always forget this when he froze him the carbonite yeah so when he put that so when he put that person in carbonite when he went to that bar didn't he do a mando did uh did, didn't he do a boba fett did the, the han solo isn't that the same thing yeah he was basically gonna hand him he froze him he was gonna hand him in to get credits those are objectives yeah, he, did, he did though and it ends up that you find out that uh um, Apollo Creed didn't end up um, putting them in jail. They're using them as like a fucking receptionist at, on, on the, the new forms of uh, the new form city. Oh, reception. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of, right. But I just, so I think, I think he, I think he's living up to the bounty, the bounty hunter code, but I think in terms of, and also, and I'm going to go out on a whim by saying this. I think in terms of the state of the Star Wars universe, when the Mandalorian show is happening, because obviously we know it's after the Empire. So I think that, I think the world is a little bit more, like the weight has been lifted off everyone's shoulders. And not everyone's as hard, like such a hardo as they used to be, because they don't have to be to survive because the Empire isn't there, yeah. quote unquote. I think, well, here, Ray, I just thought of this now. I think there's a point in the show in season one. I know we're supposed to be talking about season two, but in season one, where he goes from being a bounty hunter because he strictly says, like, hey, um, I'm here to take you in hot or or warm or cold. And then he's, and then he travels planet to planet, like, here, I have credits or what's the new job? There's a point Mm -hmm. where he goes from bounty hunting to being an actual Mandalorian and being part of that creed. And somewhere like it changes, and then season two, I, we get to here, and now it's just strictly Mandalorian shit. He wants to be I a like Mandalorian, that. live up to it. I like that. I love that. So what do you think? So actually, so this comes full circle in talking about Clone Wars too. What do you think about the episode where he meets Bo-Katan and the other two Mandalorians from Mandalore? What do you think about the fact that Mando was outed as a foundling of the Watch and not a Mandalorian from Mandalore? So... That's a, so when I got to that episode and we meet uh, Bo-Katan, I was like, so this is the girl from Clone, or Clone Wars. So this is yeah, the, yeah. I was like, here we go. And then you realize that she's not, um, she's not, she is, she's Mandalorian, but she's not good per se. She just kind of yeah, yeah, does yeah. what she needs to do. Yeah. But I would say necessarily that um, the uh, Mando, he 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 follows everything by the rules, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's what kind of draws it. That that's what kind of draws you in. He does everything by the rules. So when he meets Bo-Katan and she's like, "I'm not really a Mandalorian," yeah, or she's like, "I'm not doing this per se for the right reason." He's like, "Well, mm-hmm. 
that's wrong. And it's kind of cool because you can, I mean, a lot of people always make arguments for um, like religion is rooted in Star Wars, like the Star Wars universe. And it really is because the Jedi Order is a religion. It is. And then when you look at like Mandalorians, you can you can make an argument that it's just like any other religion that we have here. Yeah, they like have their the own actual. set code of laws and shit they got to follow. Yeah. So like, I mean, you have like Christianity, Christianity and Catholicism, right? So you can make the argument that the way that the watch, the Mando, so the way that Mando follows uh, the Mandalorian creed, the, the watch broke off from Mandalore because they wanted to follow the old archaic ways of Mandalorians, the OG shit, like the true shit, not yeah. invested with all the politics and that bullshit that Mandalorians got invested in. So I think that if you want to if you want to compare this and make it easy for like our listeners to understand, I think you can make an argument that the watch, the, the one that Mando follows, that creed, I think that sect of Mandalorian is like Catholicism because there's more rules to follow. Mm-hmm. And then the other Mandalorians is are like just re- regular Christianity. There, yeah, I argue that I say the same exact thing. There's a set standard where he wants to be. But then there's just Bo-Katan, everyone else, who just kind of just is part of it. You can literally see it, too. He So when, when they're trying to break into the bridge, when they're when they're hijacking that ship, he's yep. like, all right, I'm just going to arm three bombs yep. and hold them in my arms like a fucking child and run at two Gatling guns and then throw the bombs at the people and then hope it blows them up. Right, he's so that's what we're talking about. He's at that elite. He's sit. They're all sitting at the same room, right? They're all sitting at yeah. the same room, except he's ordering liquor while they're ordering. Yeah, that's game. a great analogy. Great that, analogy. He like he's the actual Mandalorian. Well, the other mm-hmm. guy, all other people are just Mandalorians. You know what I mean? I love that. I absolutely love that. All right, so let's get away from the Mandalorian a little bit and let's talk about the new shows that disney and marvel just released no fucking shot they just they just announced this breaking news fantastic four is back who's doing it they haven't said yet fantastic four is back who's doing it though oh you mean his director yeah john watts i don't know who that is john watts yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong. John Watts has done some movies that I've seen. Okay. Like he had his hand in Spider-Man Far From Home. Which one? He had his hand in that. Okay. Have you seen Have you seen Cop Car? No. It's it's okay. It's okay. Okay. But he's had his hand in um both Spider-Mans. So he has a little bit of knowledge, but I've, I've only seen Cop Car by him, and it was actually done pretty good. Okay. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it too high on the pedestal. So I, won't, mm-hmm. I don't want to overhype myself, but it's also not the worst thing. Okay. All right. So let me go off and list all of the things that Marvel announced today were coming out or coming out relatively soon. Okay. So we have Captain Marvel 2 was just announced. We have the Hawkeye show, and it was confirmed that Kate Bishop will be played by Haley Steinfeld. Do you know who she is? She's a singer and actor. Um, 
I think I've definitely heard of her. She was in the Bumblebee movie. She was the main in, uh, main protagonist in that. Isn't she in? Isn't she in Pitch Perfect? Haley Steinfeld. Yes. Yeah. And the second one. And the second one, she is. Or the I'm ashamed, third. I'm ashamed to know that. No, the second one. She's in the second one, I think. I'm ashamed to know that. Keep going. Who the fuck cares, bro? I love I love Pitch Perfect. All right, so we got Hawkeye, She Hulk, Moon Knight. Moon Knight's coming out. Dude, who do we think's playing Moon Knight? So the, originally it was supposed to be Daniel Radcliffe, but apparently they're looking at Oscar Isaac now. But Oscar Isaac is going to start filming soon for Metal Gear because he's playing Snake. I was just going to say, this dude gets all the roles all of a sudden. Bro, he's a good actor. Have you, all right, movie, I'm not just I'm recommending, recommending to you, Mitch, but I'm recommending to our listeners too. Have you seen the movie Triple Frontier on Netflix? No, no. Watch it. Ben Affleck. Oscar Isaac, Poe Dameron, Pedro Pascal, the Mandalorian, Charlie Hunnam, who I don't know who if you know who that is, but he was uh, an actor in Sons of Anarchy. He's a badass. And then uh, the guy, the main character in Tron. Do you remember Tron? Oh my god, I haven't seen that movie in so long. But do you remember? You remember that yeah. main character? Yeah. So he's in that movie too. You have to watch this movie, and your dad would like it too. Triple Frontier, I'll remember it. Triple okay. Frontier. Oh, and Ben Affleck, too. It's a great movie. Awesome cast. All-star cast. Literally, it's about these retired um, army vets who go into South America and rob the biggest drug cartel in South America. They rob his entire house and his entire uh, most of his fortune. And the, it's the stories about them getting away. So that's basically it. But it's bro, it's lit. You have to. I'm not gonna give any more because you've got you've got to watch this movie. It's it's a great. You say it was play. a military movie? Yes, it's a military movie. I think I've well, I haven't obviously I haven't seen it, but I've seen it on like my feed where it says like recently released. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it was it was it's a Netflix movie. Okay. All right, so you got to watch Triple Frontier, and the other one, if you haven't seen this, Chris Hemsworth stars in this is Extraction. That one's some big. I've time seen it. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen. I've seen. That it. was a good movie, dude. That was great. I that just was, love the constant animal. Action. Yeah. Oh, great, dude! The fight sequences were filmed so well. Mm-hmm. I agree. Those were those were insane. Oh my god! All right, so let's list off the other uh, the other episodes that we are the other shows that we got coming on here. Moon Knight, Secret Invasion. That's this is the uh, so it's a Samuel L. Jackson is back as Nick Fury, and Ben Mendelsohn from Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel returns as the Scroll Talos in the Marvel movies. So Ben Mendelsohn is the ki- is the guy from Rogue One. He's Finnick. So okay. that's, uh, that's so that's that guy. So he there. So that's their um show. So that's Nick Fury's show. And then we have Ironheart. Do you know who, what Ironheart is? I'm assuming that's um, Tony Stark's daughter. So she is the Black Iron Man. She's the girl. Oh, no, you heard of it. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's not super well known for comics, but it's still um, it's it's a good storyline. Okay. Um, it's it's not something I would pick up and read on a daily basis, but it's it's definitely something that I would like read in my in my leisure time. You know what I mean? I'm assuming it's. Tony Stark related because it's Iron whatever. Yeah, I just don't know how they're gonna do it in terms of the MCU because Tony's dead. But uh, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll find out more as the information comes out. So we got Ironheart, 
And then we have Armor Wars. Don Cheadle returns as James Rhodes, a.k.a. War Machine in Armor Rhodes, an original series coming to Disney+. Plus. A classic Marvel story about Tony Stark's worst fear coming true. What happens when his tech falls into the wrong hands? But hasn't that already happened twice? Didn't it happen in... Happened in Avengers Age of Ultron. Ultron. It happened in Iron Man 2. So it's current. So it's Don Shida. It's Colonel Rhodes just fighting. It, it's basically Colonel Rhodes just fighting crime. Not yeah. crime. My bad. It's not crime. But like for people who have Tony Stark's technology and shit. So where's Tony Stark during all this? I want to know like the time periods. Did they release any I know, time yeah. periods? They, they, they haven't released anything. They just released the, uh, you know how they release like the title of the movie and like the shows at like. Oh, and the fancy lettering. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. That's all they did. And then we have the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Hot, an original you mean like, special. You mean like Christmas special? Yeah, I guess. It's a, a, the original special is coming to Disney Plus in 2022. That's all Who's it says. Who's doing that? Who's Gunn doing that? Yeah. James Gunn's doing that. Oh, so it can't be bad. No. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have an I Am Groot. Everyone's favorite little tree, Baby Groot, will star in a series of shorts on Disney Plus featuring several new and unusual characters. What? Yeah, so Groot's getting his own little uh, short. What? Christian the dude can't even talk. I know, he can't even talk. Isn't that, uh, uh, what's his face? Um, Vin, Vin Diesel? Diesel. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how much money he made from that. I like look 30. Right I wonder now. how much he made for saying three words, I Am Groot. I can look at him right now. And then we have uh, Christian Bale. His character was confirmed for Thor Love and Thunder. So Skull. his character, will, it will be Gore the God Butcher. So that sounds like something that's right up his alley. You're not so going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. It has been reported that Vin Diesel, who is the best known for his Fast and the Furious film series, was paid $54 million for Guardians of the Galaxy. What the fuck? Fifty-four million for saying fifty-four point five million for the tone of group. Oh my god! I want to be his agent. Yeah, I gotta go upstairs and ask a raise, bro. I gotta go upstairs and ask my dad what the fuck he's been doing all these years, bro. <laughs> if Vin Diesel's making fifty-four point five million for saying three goddamn words, what the fuck is my dad, dude? My dad's sleeping. What is he doing, <laughs> dude? My inheritance could be so much bigger. What the fuck? <laughs> Oh, my God. I got to go talk to him about that. All right. And then we have Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. So that's the third uh, Ant-Man film in the franchise. Peyton Reed is back to direct the third installment of Ant-Man. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Paul Rudd, uh, even Jeline, Lily, Michael Douglas, and Michelle Fiverr all return. Catherine uh, Catherine Newton joins the cast as Cassie Lang and Jonathan Majors as oh dude we're finally getting Kang the Conqueror in the Marvel Cinematic Universe Absolutely really insane. now so he's going to be the main antagonist of this Ant-Man movie so I think people are going to go see it versus the last one rather just to see the end credit scene they're actually going to go see it because they want to see the movie now yeah I, I mean, dude, I remember... go ahead I like I liked Ant-Man too you did yeah I mean, I liked it, but the literally the only reason I wanted to go see it in theaters was for that end credit scene. That was literally it. That's tough. <laughs> yeah, no, like literally, I I paid twelve fifty to go see 
two minutes of a movie. Like, <laughs> no Because that's all we cared about. Because it, yeah. it, was re- it was the first movie that was released after the snap. So we're like, and for those of you who don't know what I'm referencing, the snap is after Avengers Infinity War when Thanos snaps and he wipes out half of the, all of the known life in the entire universe. Um, but yeah, so we have the Quantumania. And then we also have the Fantastic Four announcement, which we just talked about. I really want to know who's doing Fantastic Four. Who's directing it? I want to know who's acting in it. I hope all-star cast. John Krasinski. Yep. Mr. Fantastic. Emily Blunt, his actual real-life wife, as uh, the Invisible Woman. Yep. For uh, Johnny Storm... I would love to see Zach Efron. I've seen some fan castings as him, Ooh. and I think that would be, I think that'd be good. Ooh. I think Zach would be good as that. Bro, but the Human Torch, I think he would be good at that. I think it'd be good. Okay, so all right, so pause, pause, time out, right? You just said boo to Zach Efron being Human Torch, right? What were your thoughts about Robert Pattinson being cast as the new Batman? We're switching brands over here, huh? We're switching companies. What did you think about that? Because it's it's basically the same. You're basically saying the same thing because Robert Pattinson was in Twilight. Oh, my God, Twilight, fucking werewolves and vampires. Meh, meh, meh. And then Zac Efron, who we all know from Breaking Free and Sword and Flying. So, you know, it's basically that you're basically saying the same thing here. So what do you think about Robert Pattinson being cast as a new Batman? I personally did not like Ben Affleck being Batman. So I'm assuming Robert Pattinson is definitely a step up in the right direction wow yes wow i like the whole uh batman being dark though it looks like a dark movie so they're finally doing what they should have done before the first justice league and that was the multiverse so in this new batman movie um well robert pattinson's standalone there's no joker in this universe um so that's one so that's why i think the riddler and the penguin are a little bit more of a prominent villain for batman in this movie excuse me but there's no joker in this universe this i think this batman is on earth two or earth three i'm not exactly sure but they're finally doing what they should do what they should have done all along and go into the multiverse so that's fucking exciting um if just just to throw quickly throw it out there if you haven't yeah, seen yeah. The Lighthouse with Robert Pattinson in it, watch it. And Willem it. Dafoe? Oh, yes. Great movie. Great movie. That was good. Dude, Dafoe was got Black sn- White, which I thought was awesome. Dafoe got snubbed for an Oscar nomination. 100%. 100%. Oh, good, dude. Dafoe, why do you think – and we're kind of bouncing around here, but you're making excellent segues. Why, why do you think they haven't cast Willem Dafoe yet for Spider-Man 3? Oh, yeah, because Sinister Six. All right, so I think he, I think he's next. It's because he's a big star. I'm assuming I'm assuming it's, it's taking forever because he's a big star and they need the salary, right? Yeah, they got to do work on all the contract kinks and whatnot. But like, I don't know who else could play him that well because Defoe so is great. Have, we have we have four out of the uh, four out of the six already. So yeah. we have Vulture from and I'm and I'm you know what, I'll go in sequential order just so everyone's on the same page here. Okay, we have. Um, we, we, all right. So no, we have, yeah, we, we, we have four right now. So we have Doc Ock from Spider-Man two, and that's the Sam Remy slash Tobey Maguire 
Spider-Man's um, stunt from the first three movies that we got for Spider-Man. So we have Doc Ock. So we have Spider-Man from that universe. Mm -hmm. And then from Andrew Garfield, who personally is my favorite Spider-Man, we have uh, Electro. So we have Jamie Foxx coming back. Yeah. And from Spider-Man Homecoming, the first Spider-Man, we got two of the Sinister Six, six members. We got uh what's his face vulture. we have vulture who's michael keaton and then we have scorpion who vulture met in the prison so mm -hmm. that end cut scene he meets scorpion so that's what that interaction was in the end credit scene so we have four out of the six already now for green goblin you have two options you either have um the kid who played it in andrew garfield's amazing spider-man 2 or you have Willem Dafoe. I would go with Willem Dafoe. Over oh my God, Willem Dafoe. If it's a matter of Willem Dafoe saying yes, and it's just a matter of contract, uh, and it's just money um, stipulations, I'd, I'd lay paint whatever he wants. That's just me. That's just, that's just me being a huge fan. I'd paint whatever he wants. Yeah. I just, that's like, that's a lot of, he's also old now too. Like he's older, but that's just a lot of, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of stars. That's a lot of contrast. Trust me, you know, they can shell it out. Don't worry. You think so? You think oh, they can shell the money out. Are you kidding me? So what they what they want to do, what they want to produce and pay for all of these actors for a Star Wars, not a Star Wars, a Spider-Man movie versus, I mean, like, because think about it. I mean, the Sinister Sticks, obviously, that's something that's been building up for a very, very long time. We were supposed uh, to get it. Er, or sooner, earlier. We were supposed yeah. to get it earlier. We never did. We were supposed to get it on three times. We were supposed or two other separate occasions. We were supposed to get it in the in the Amazing Spider-Man universe because they set it up for that. And there mm -hmm. were talks that they were going to do it in the Sam Remy universe too because they were already had plans for a Spider-Man four. So we already were supposed to get it twice before. But I just think, yeah, I mean, fuck, man. I just I don't know if I don't know if as a movie as for a movie studio i don't know if it's the right move to start paying out all these a and i mean a-list celebrities like these guys are the cream of the fucking crop i don't know if we're gonna start throwing out paychecks like that for a regular spider-man movie because you have to also remember benedict cumberbatch is in that too and i'm assuming happy hogan will reprise his role john favreau will reprise his role in the spider-man movie as well because he was in the first two and he's kind yeah. of like a mentor slash friend uh figure for spider-man now that tony's gone so i just think I, I just think that's a lot that's a lot of money so if it's not an avengers movie are you really going to pay all of these actors the money that they want if it's not a big box office movie like an avengers movie is i think so because spider-man fans are they're big they are the biggest fans in all of mcu in my opinion i think in all of i think in all of comic book lore i think they're the biggest fans to be honest i was gonna say because you don't talk to someone like hey what's your favorite uh uh superhero before the mcu took off and i would yeah. never in the i would never ever hear oh i'm a huge iron man guy yeah never no. It was always mm. Spider-Man, and then if you didn't like Spider-Man, it'd be Superman, Batman, whatever. Mm -hmm. You never heard of Thor being someone's no. favorite guy. You never heard Iron Man. Yeah. No, I – so, all right. So, I – you know what? I, I can out see that. Cash. I'm just interested to see what happens. I'm interested to see what they do. What they do. All right. 
So last thing I want to talk about for media media, and then we'll move on to the last segment of the night. I want to talk about gaming really quick. Coronavirus, and this, I love that this episode, like like I said, everybody, this episode and how we format podcasts, we re, I'm really trying to, you know, put the pieces of the puzzle together, but also connect the gods and make sure everything comes full circle. So like we talked about coronavirus at the beginning of this podcast, gaming, gaming's blown the fuck up since quarantine happened. And I mean, obviously, because what are we all doing? We're not just going to all sit here and beat our meat. Not all of us can do that because not all of us are men. So in terms of gaming and the next gen consoles, how do you like the PS5? I'll tell you what. And I think it's just because it's in its beginning stage. It just came out. I like the mm-hmm. PS4 better. Granted, it's faster. It's newer. I don't necessarily think it's better. Really? I've played Call of Duty Cold War so many times. I played Zombies and every other game, my game crashes. Wow. There's times where my PS4 or a PS5 will shut off and then that's a repair or it says all oh, repairing your hard drive and that mm. that makes me cringe on the inside. I personally like yeah. the PS4. Granted my connection in my house is absolutely shitty, but I still like it cuz it was always reliable and dependable. I'm assuming once um uh 2021 rolls around i'm assuming they'll have all the system software updates and everything will be up and running smooth as of right now i still would use my ps4 that's exactly why i told you i wasn't gonna buy it at first yeah i i follow you i i'd wait yeah, because I, I knew it was going to be like that. Because, you know, it's always like that. You see, bro, the fucking Xbox, there, there's it looks like the Iris Sauron. It's yeah. literally going to – I saw a video where it's it was a – the Xbox itself was smoking. And it, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't the video where the kid was blowing, like, the vape or the jewel smoke into it. The top of the Xbox, it was red. Like, you, you could mean, see a yeah. red circle. It was crazy. So I was just like, ah, I'm just going to wait. I'll, I'll save my money. Maybe I'll, yeah. find some, I'll find a fucking girl to buy it for me, which I probably did. So, you know, there's that. But I, <laughs> but because I'm not buying that for myself. Fuck that. I'm going to get some bitch to buy it for me. But no. Um, yeah. So, hey, all right. So you, you, you'd you prefer the old, the old generation versus the new generation at this point? As of right now, yes. Okay. All right. I like that. I like that. All right. So getting on to the last segment of the night, we have things that actually matter in the universe and we spoke briefly about this when we were sitting at the fire and we were like oh my god this would be great for the podcast so i figured that we we should probably we should probably uh, dive right into this so things that actually matter when we were when we had that fire when it was just the two of us and jeremy got his flat tire and i felt so fucking bad for this kid bro oh my god so Guys, we were supposed to have a fire, and my buddy Jeremy was supposed to come with us, too. We were supposed to kick it back. I was going to smoke some weed. We were going to drink some beers and whatever. We en- we ended up drinking, Mitch and I, Proper 12. Oh, my fucking God. That shit hurt to swallow. Reserved hurt. for men only. Oh, my God. I'm not there yet. I don't have that chest hair like you do, bro. I'm not fucking <laughs> – you know, I, I don't – I'm not a man yet as far as that's concerned, but – so, so Jeremy um, got a flat tire while he was on the way, and it was like 8 o'clock, and this dude's sitting on the side of the highway in the middle of winter in New England. And it was, I felt so bad for him. And it was literally the same tire that busted on his vehicle not even a month earlier. So that fucking sucks. 
But things that uh, so things that actually matter in the world. We spoke briefly about this this about this topic, and we agreed that we wouldn't talk about it more until the podcast. And it's generation versus generation. So we were talking about how you and when you and I were kids, all we did was be outside. I mean, I, when we were a little bit older, we, we started gravitating inside just a little bit more. We would play, you know, we would hop on the GameCube. We would hop on the Xbox. We would play Star Wars Battlefront. We would play Super Smash Bros., Mario Kart, you know, uh, Mario Party, all, all the games of our childhood, Halo 3, like all this stuff, right? Mm. But we still were outside for a long time fucking portion of our lives we were playing lightsaber battles we were playing manhunt nerf gun battles uh the fucking nick game with the pascones yeah. uh, just just all this stuff going to the beach basketball everything 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 so in terms of so we're going to talk about generation generation versus generation here that was us and then the generation directly after us is completely different they're on their phones all the time they're watching TikTok, schmick schmocks, whatever. Fucking, it's it's bro, it's crazy the difference in in generations from one to another. And I want to ask, what are your opinions on that? So we, uh, I'll just reiterate what I said: the fire, right? We have our parents who are the all they had was their imagination and going outside and playing with each other, just manhunt or whatever they did for fun back then. But they were always outside. To us where I like to call us hybrids, where we had both, we went outside to play like Foursquare or lightsaber battles. Oh. And then when it got dark, we went inside and played video games, Halo 3, whatever. To the yeah. point where we have this new generation now where it's just, I'm going to be on my phone. Uh, let me see what's on Twitter. Let me get off Twitter. Let me go on Instagram. All right, let me get off Instagram. My game just loaded in Fortnite. Let me play Fortnite. Yeah. And that's all day, every day. I, I'm I'm glad to say that like our generation, like we got the best of both worlds. And I think our generation is very lucky, dude. We are very lucky because I think we're the last generation to not make it in the real real world, but like to have like a sense of like what we're doing and where we're going and just have more of like an open mind, you know what I mean? A hundred percent. I completely I completely and utterly agree with that. Um I think in terms of when you're looking at our parents to us, to the people after us, or the the, the kids after us, that you can see the fine details of differences between the three. But in all honesty, I would say, yeah, we definitely got the, the good end of the stick. Our parents lived through some fucked up shit, but I'm gonna preface this, because um, I haven't said this to my audience yet, my high school teacher, um, it was junior year of high school. It was when I was transferred to Hendrickson, and I was in a uh, history class with a teacher called, his name was Mr. Quigley. He was actually the teacher who is now retired. Congratulations, Mr. Quigley, again, on your retirement. Happy retirement. He's actually the teacher who I was, uh, him and another one, that I was drinking beers with on my 21st fucking birthday. That is was absolutely legendary. I told you about that, right? You told me at the fire, yeah. That was fucking insane, bro. So, Mr. But anyway, so Mr. Quigley said to us one of the, one of, one day in class, um, because this was when like school shootings and bombings really started to like ramp up a little bit more, um, when we were in high school. So, and it's dude, it's crazy to fucking say that, um, and especially to hear that out loud too. But Mr. Quigley said to us, he said, "Your generation are deemed 
terror babies. And I said, and I raised my hand, I said, Mr. Cleagley, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, uh, Mr. Levine, he said, you guys are deemed terror babies because you have seen the most terrorist attacks in history during your lifetime. Think about it. All of you were born in 1998 and 1999, and the first terrorist attack that you saw was 9-11. That was quite possibly one of the biggest terrorist attacks that you, not you, that we as a country have ever seen. I was like, huh. And he was like, Boston bombing? I was there for that shit. So I know, like, you, you, you know what I mean? So, like, it's just, and, and, and he just kept, like, he was like, Sandy Hook. Las Vegas, and he just kept listing more and more and more, and not even just in this country. We have the one in Paris, France. We had that when the dude took the vehicle and was fucking running over everyone. Um, like we just have so many. So I think I think we we were lucky in the technological advances that we have, in the mindsets that we have, and the things that we're able to do. Um, but I also think we did get we did get screwed over a little bit in some in some certain senses. But that's just life. That, I think that's just life. You know what I mean? You know that's a good point. As you as you're telling me now, I'm just thinking about the shit that's transpired while we've been on this earth, and like it's you know crazy. the Colorado Crumbs. theater shooting, uh, the Orlando and that was for a fucking shooting. movie. That was I for know, a full circle. That was during the Dark Knight Rises. Uh, no, or no, no, the the Dark Knight. Sorry, the Dark Knight yeah. premiere. I mean, just think about it, man. Holy crap, we we've been through a lot in our 21 years of living. Just me, just so you me, saying that has got me thinking right now. So let me ask you this: In the 21 years that we've alive, that we've been alive, it's already been established that we have seen some real fucked up shit in the world. Now, do you think that was only that 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 evil in the world was only prevalent during our 21 years so far of life, or do you think that it's always been there, but it just showed its face while we were alive, since we've been since we were born? I think it's always been there because I just think, I think the world doesn't necessarily change. It just gets captured on video more often. So we see it more often. Oh, so okay. obviously like, obviously there's been no other Boston bombing, but I'm just mm. saying there's definitely been shit like that before. But we've just never seen it before because it's never been captured on video. Cause everyone just happens to have their phone on them and everyone, that's the first mm. thing everyone does is record it and you see it. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't think back then was a peaceful place either. Yeah, I mean, our parents had to live through like, didn't they have to live through like JFK getting shot? And JFK, oh no. the bombing that happened in Oklahoma. And they had um, to go through like one or two wars, right? At least one, right? The Cold War. Vietnam. In Vietnam, yeah, yeah. So I mean, they had to go through a couple, but um, I don't know it's, what else. maybe. Yeah. I don't know what else. I really don't. To that question, it's not, I always look at it like back then was never, it was never a peaceful place anyway. Like you still had the yeah. Manson family around. You, granted, mm-hmm. you didn't have it captured, but you didn't have it on a video, but you definitely heard about it and you saw it in the newspaper and there was definitely tragedy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it's not All too right, prevalent kid. today. Yeah, that's for damn sure. All right, kid. That's it, man. I don't really know how we're going to end this episode, but I think this has been a pretty fucking fire one. As uh, Russell Crowe would say in Gladiator, are you not entertained?
Oh my god, bro. He yeah, talk about a woke dude. That's someone who I really look forward to meeting when I move out to Los Angeles is Russell right? Russell. I really hope I go on his podcast. And I really, I have him on my podcast. He got a little heavy. I don't know if you see a recent interview with him, but he is not. I haven't seen him. He got fat? Yeah. He is, he is not gladiator anymore. Oh, oh, you mean Ru- Russell uh, Russell Crowe? Yeah. Oh, 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 I thought you meant Russell Brand, the the the, the Katy Perry's ex husband. No, no. That's what, that's what I thought you meant. Yeah, no, he looks fat as fuck. You see the new movie that he started? He not looking good. Not looking good. Jeez. He was like Can't a. Even look like at some- it? Yeah, I, it's not worth a watch. And like, he basically, what it was is it was like some A-list like woman, and I forget who. I'm thinking Natalie Portman, but I don't think it was her. And she hits like Russell Brand's car or something like that, and then like he just like basically won't leave her alone ever. He's like a psychopath and tries to kill her and her daughter. So I don't fucking know some bullshit like that. But yeah, no, that's just it's not good. My last thought to you to end this podcast is you were saying who should, or I asked you who should direct a. Uh, Fantastic Four, okay. David Fincher. Who's that? Guy, he did Gone Girl, Fight Club, Seven. Girl oh. with the Dragon Tattoo. Why would you think he would dive into... He always... He always wanted... I just I just heard this on um, the Big Picture podcast. He always wanted to do um, Fantastic Four, but he's kind oh. of a he, he his his um directing it's a little dark and oh, okay. i don't think disney would ever buy it but he if he was to do it he'd do it his way and i think it'd be so fucking perfect huh i mean that'd be cool to watch that definitely be cool to watch damn all right ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning into episode three of quarantine with switherbean i'm your host with the most switherbean thank you for tuning in and again, I just want to give a special shout out to my guest, my first, or I mean, I mean, for the first episode of the podcast, we had uh, Will and, and Nephon, but that wasn't really like, that was, that was whack. Um, so my first official guest of the podcast, uh, the podcast life, I guess, yeah, the podcast tenure, who the fuck knows? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to stop acting like I'm professional at this shit. I want to give a big shout out to my brother and my lifelong best friend, Mitchell Kieran. Thank you for coming on, brother. I appreciate it. This has been fun. Ladies and Thank gentlemen, you. make sure to subscribe to the podcast you guys can uh listen to the podcast on all major podcast platforms and other than that i don't really know how we're going to sign off on podcasts i don't really know if there's a specific way we're going to do it but i'm just going to keep it on brand and say fuck it i love you guys make sure you make try and make someone's day make someone smile in turn it's a trickle down effect you stupid motherfuckers so make sure you get on the program all right everybody i love you guys peace out